Life Audio. Welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast with me, your host, Jason Sotil. This is a show where we dig into the personal testimonies of people in the news, celebrities, and folks just like you and me in a way that will leave you encouraged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. Hey, welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you guys. You're going to recognize his voice, you're going to recognize his humor, and you're going to recognize his deep knowledge of scripture and doctrine, okay? <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Joshua, I just had to throw you that out there. Out there, Jason. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Joshua Putnam, Pastor Joshua, thank you for coming on to the show. Massive pleasure, as always. Um, yeah. I was just thinking as you were giving the introduction, I remember the first Jesus is All We Need podcast I came on to, how norm- I was kind of nervous, and now we've done podcasts together, we've known each other for so long that I feel it's more crazy, like today, right? people, people are just going to, we're visiting, right? We're having a good right. time as buddies, and they, they're just going to sit in and listen. So who knows what they're going right. to do. Right. Well, you know, it's a blessing to have someone like you to be, you know, to do my filler shows and stuff. So when I can't get those, <laughs> I'm just joking. But, um, so for the- Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. For those of you out there who remember, um, Joshua and I started a podcast called Faith Forged in Fire, but yep. a lot of stuff happened after we had a season or two going there personally, and I had to step away. Pastor Joshua had to do some things. And so the show just kind of, it didn't fade away, but we had to move on to do some other things. And there was a little emptiness that was kind of left inside of me going, gosh, that show could do so much and touch so many people. And I'm happy to announce come November, December-ish, I know you don't have the exact dates lined up, you and a dear friend of ours, a fire chief, are going to get that Faith Forged In Fire podcast up and run it again, man. And I'm so stoked to, to hear that news. Yeah, so are we. Like you said, when when we quit, there was there was kind of two sides of that coin for me. There was uh, I felt because we were just I, I really felt like God was doing something neat. There's not a lot of content, at least that I know of, in that space of right. of helping first responders from a Christian standpoint. And and I was having a lot of fun with that. But I had so many other things going on, and that I wanted to do, and and I think that the Lord needed me to do. So when we came to that decision, both things in your life and things in my life, I, I really kind of felt like, oh, you know, I, and for that's been weighing on me for a long time. And the Lord is opening up the door for us to fire that back up. And I'm super excited. So Yeah, I'm excited. And, and, we'll- and don't sell us short, Jason. You'll, they'll hear your voice a few times on there, too. So. <laughs> oh, 
Of course, man. Like I said, dude, you fill in some spots on mine, I'll fill in some spots on yours. It's a win-win all the way through. Hey, you know, and one of the reasons I brought you back on today and to chat it up is because you and I have a lot of conversations. You know, it's about once a week, maybe once every two weeks uh, when when we can chat it up. And I was kind of basically debriefing you like, bro, okay, this week I have been dealing with so much of people – doing things and and in my heart it feels like for the wrong reason when i say that i'm coming from a gospel standpoint that Mm -hmm. people in my life have been you know we've been called to do it we have to go out and spread the gospel of jesus christ to a world who desperately needs to hear it but the reasoning behind it was something i was struggling with and i gave you a call and you asked me a great question and what was that question yeah something the lord's kind of convicted me with and been bothering me you know i've I've just been processing it is is this question uh, what is more important for us as christians to live our lives for the sake of truth or to live our lives for the sake of the gospel wow because that, that question feels like it, it doesn't it doesn't mesh right Right, right. You know, and and that's what I get because you've heard me before talking about when I pass a a street preacher and, and, Mm -hmm. and I hear, I mean, they're putting the God's word out there to people. But I always wonder, what is their reasoning? What is their heart behind right. it? Why, do, do they really feel like they've been called to change hearts and minds on that street corner, as they all say right. that they're called to do? And, and I never want to shut anyone down, but it gives me a time of reflection. And when I sit with the Lord, it's something that I ask. I'm like, okay, am I doing this because I'm trying to live the gospel? Or, or am I doing this because I'm trying to be obedient and and follow the truths, you know, and, and put the truth out there. And what is your take on that? How how can we find balance in that area to make sure that we're not making about me and I or doing it for the wrong reasons? Well, that, that's really what prompted that question in my mind because I have, and I think we've all been there when I say I see Christians, right? We, we see uh, I pick on Facebook just because that's where we see it a lot. Facebook, Twitter. Tread lightly, brother. Yeah. Tread lightly. So, or X. It's X just now. I'm sorry. Uh, so, social media, we'll say. Or even, you know, I, I was kind of <laughs> laughing as I was thinking about our podcast today. I, I think bumper stickers are probably a thing of the past. But you kind of, right, you see signs in yard. You see whatever it might be. My point being this. As Christians, we say, well, we're standing for the truth and we're speaking out against uh, whatever it might be, it might be race issues, it might be gender issues, it might be sexual issues, really whatever lifestyle choices those in the world around us are making, uh, even abortion, gun issues, political viewpoints, all these things, and we we speak, for, for lack of a better term, we speak our truth, right? We speak, right. And, and it may even be truth. Right. But the point is, we're super happy to speak the truth, but it's not doing any good. In fact, I, what I see is it's doing the opposite because non-Christians hate it when we judge them. Why do right. you think we're seen as people who are, you know, the, the world sees us as, as people who hate mostly. Mm-hmm. And that's not what, the way God designed it. Matthew tells right. us to go, he, Jesus says in Matthew that we need to go be the light of the world. Well, that's not light. That's, really, that's just doing what the world does when we're judging other people. Right. Right. So, so that's what, you know, you start looking at that and saying, okay, so what is that? That is us living our lives for the sake of truth 
Because right. really, I think now. Now this is where we got to be careful with this. But this is where I was really convicted with this. I think a lot of times we live for the sake of the truth, as in we want people around us to change their outward self, right? Because it makes us feel more comfortable, right? right. Maybe our neighbor that we don't agree with. Whatever, right. if we could just get them to change, I can feel more comfortable. We weren't right. put here to feel more comfortable. We were put here for eternal change, not external behavioral changes. Right. No, that's so good. And I hear this a lot. I mean, and I hear it, you know me, I go light when I say secular and the church and all this other stuff because I don't want to parasite. I don't want to create divisions that aren't there by saying that, even though there are divisions in that realm. But I'm always hearing this term called culture change. Okay, I hear mm-hmm. it. We, we need right. to change the culture within our local church, the culture within mm-hmm. the, the broader church, and the, the, we got to change culture within the secular world, and we always got to change culture. And I sit on the sidelines going, bro, I can't change a thing. People can't no. change me. I can't change them. And when you even look at my history of being a nothing for so many years. People called an atheist. I call it a nothing because you know my history on that. I just didn't want anything. You know, my, my rebellion against God was real and stuff, but it wasn't like I was preaching atheism. I was just preaching, I don't like life, basically. But when I look back in that, people goes, well, Jason, what changed? And I go, stop. Who changed me? Right. When you look at my thought process from back then, I actually see a changing of my mind during the process of becoming a Christian. Now, I totally believe there's a fine line of when you go all in on Jesus, all in on Jesus, all in on Jesus. Wow, I put my phone right up there, huh? Do I want to be part of this podcast? Right. Yeah, this is my podcast. It's not Pastor Joshua's. Okay, so uh, no, but. But, you know, the moment we put our faith in Christ crucified, you know, what he did for us on the cross, and, and the gospel becomes real to us, our salvation is locked in. But moving towards that, I also felt a changing of the way I thought. And it wasn't yes. caused by anyone around me. It was caused by him and being in a very, what you know, liberal area in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland area. I just, because I was walking around there, I followed into what they all thought and what they believed. Well, then I started thinking, this just doesn't seem right. And I could say, oh, it came from philosophy. Oh, it came from studying what I was looking at and, and just realize with my ethics it wasn't right. But no, that's not what changed me. What changed me was I started looking at things in a biblical view. What does God want mm-hmm. for Jason? How does God want Jason to look at this situation? How does God want Jason to treat people? And when I started following him and listening to him and obediently doing what he said, very slowly over time, things in me started to change. And I had a cultural change within myself, not caused by man, but right. from God himself. And you hit it, Jason. That's the whole point of this question that I have. We can try to change from the outside, but are we really changing them? If we can get the opportunity to share the gospel and they truly repent of their sins and believe, the Holy Spirit is going to do that work in their heart. God is going to be the one that changes them. That's the only change we can really have. So as I thought about this question, what's more important, living for the sake of truth or living for the sake of the gospel, uh, my mind went to John one fourteen, and it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, 
glory as of the only Son from the Father, and he was full of grace and truth. So what, I, what, what we learn from that is, first of all, grace came first. He was full of grace. He was also full of truth. But what did Jesus do? Jesus went and, and he, he interacted with, whether he had lunch with, he talked to the woman at the well. These are people who we would see as, man, I don't even want to associate with those people. And Jesus would because he was so full of grace. But he was also full of truth. And the truth is what, when, when grace and truth come together, now you have the gospel, and then that's what changes right. people, right? But they're never going to really see the truth until they see the grace, until they see right. that love. Uh, a couple verses later, it says, From his fullness we, that's you and I, Jason, we have all received grace upon grace. So if I have received grace upon grace, shouldn't I give grace upon grace to the people around me who need the Lord? Right. You know, that is so good. And this is why I am such a believer in telling people to share your testimony, you know, and and there's multiple levels of testimony. There's the testimony of you coming to the Lord. There's testimonies Mm -hmm. of your struggles before that time that you can dig into. Then there's testimonies of how good he's been and the changes that have happened in your life. And I feel sometimes as Christians, we'll sit in the pews listening to our pastors teach, teach us, teach mm-hmm. us, fill us up and, and teach. Then we feel like we have to go out in the world and teach. And I tell people, settle down just a little there. Go out and give your testimony. Tell them that what he has done, the changes he's made in your life. Share it at your level and make them want to come to church. Do it because you care for them. It's, it's like becoming a firefighter. There's an excitement of the adrenaline rush and being a firefighter. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a servant's heart and you're not called to serve, don't join the fire department. It's dumb. Just stay away from it. You know. And so I tell people, if you don't feel like you want to serve people, I'm not saying don't go out and give your testimony, but chill out for a little bit. Spend some time with the Lord. Spend some time with your elders. Get some discipleship so you can learn how to do it properly. Then go out because I think sometimes it's twofolds. Number one, we get so excited with what we've been given. And so we just charge out there like a, like a new firefighter. We'll give a new firefighter a hose. They're going to charge into the fire. But if you don't go along with them and teach them how to do it properly and give them the experience, they, they could do more harm than good. I also feel that based on your questioning me with that of, you know, the truths or why you're doing this stuff, it's the same thing. Sometimes, because we're so excited, we want to pour it out onto people and stuff, but we just mess it all up, bro. <laughs> you know, and it's right. like, slow right. down a little. But then let's be honest, there's also people who should be out there doing it, who should be pouring the love, who have yes. the vast knowledge, who've been given it, right. but then they're selfishly not, you know? So it's, it's trying to find that, that balance, you know? Not only the balance, but getting ourselves out of our comfort zone enough to be able to go and be around people that make us uncomfortable and not just be worried about their outward change. Uh, right. you know, I, I challenged our people with this in our, in our church not too long ago, and I challenged them this way with it as uh, I was preaching through Titus. Even little things, like you know, one of the things you'll never catch me doing in the firehouse is calling somebody out because of their language around me. Mm-hmm. Now, they may on their own, they may or they may not, but they may on their own say, oh, oh, oh sorry, 
you know, I, you know, and they'll and they'll try to change your language. But I will never expect that of somebody because think about it this way. This is how I this is how I challenge our people, Jason. If I came to your house and and I and I looked around. You know, just looking at. I think you're in your basement right now. Maybe I think that's where you are. But anyway, you know, in California, I, but I appreciate it. We're uh, oh, I'm actually okay, upstairs. Sorry. Okay, you know, out oh, here in California, where the office is. We're not okay. cave dwellers out here, brother. Like you guys are out there in the, <laughs> in the Upper Peninsula or wherever the heck you're right now. Yeah, I wish. So, anyways, <laughs> if I came into your house and literally just came in the first time and started looking around, and I was like, "Well, I don't like the couch here." Uh, we're going to move the couch over here. I don't like these pictures hanging here. Let's put these pictures over here. Um, you know, where I'm sitting, there's kind of a glare on the TV. So let's turn the TV a little bit. Let's so that I'm comfortable. That's really what matters. I, I want to be comfortable. I don't like how you're doing things. You would be exceptionally offended by that because I just came into your world and and then I changed things just right. to make me feel more comfortable. It's no different. If I go to into the firehouse or I go anywhere else, somebody else's, there's, there's language or there's a lifestyle, anything that makes me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. what am I? I'm an ambassador. I am not from here. Right. Paul says we are ambassadors. This world is not our home. We are foreigners. So I am literally then coming into their world and expecting them to change how they're living just so I feel more comfortable. I don't think that's going to work. And, and then we wonder why they get so upset with us. Why don't we just come in, give them grace upon grace upon grace, and show them the love of Jesus while living truth in our lives, and then as we have opportunity, we'll be able to speak truth, but it's probably going to come in a much more loving way because we've built a relationship in which we care for them, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be more apt to hear it because we've shown them grace and they know that we're not just judging them. So now what do you have? You have the gospel. Jesus came full of grace and right. so the question isn't one or the other, it's it's both and. Right. And and I love that because I've told you this story before, but I'm going to throw it out there again that I was in a group of a bunch of Christians and they were all, I mean, they've been following the Lord the majority of their lives, you know, and they were in their 50s, 60s, and I think one was even 70. And a story came out where they were talking about the the... Just don't get me going on this highs and the lows of the week, which just drives me nuts when we ask those questions. Like, yeah, you don't deserve, you don't get to hear my higher low this week, okay, fool? No, I'm just joking. But anyways, one of the lows of this lady's week, as we were talking, was someone said Jesus Christ in front of her. But they were not a Christian, and it was in the form of, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, coming that way, Mm -hmm. which a blasphemic sort of way. So she was so offended by it, over the top, that she berated the guy, did, and then she actually went to his supervisor and had him tell the guy who said it to give her an apology. And I'm sitting there quiet, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's so good. And I'm like, whoa, wrong, no, 100% no, wrong. Yeah, I said, he is blind no right and to deaf to your faith, and now right. you throw that out there. And just, you know what, as, as a he owes you nothing. He owes you absolutely right. nothing whatsoever. Now, if I come through and you and I are hanging out together and I hit my thumb and maybe I say, oh, gosh, darn it, but I use the goddamn sort of way and stuff, <laughs> you're going to be like, yo, Jason, come on now. You can correct me. You've earned that right. right. We're brothers in Christ. Correct me, you know, and stuff. And right. that's and okay. you know better. Right, I know better, but this person didn't know better, and it's almost no. like if if a you know a two year old doesn't know better, and then we're whooping them for something they don't deserve. To me, that's abuse. You know what I right. mean? As opposed to if it's a ten year old that needs a spanking because they should have known better, that's a whole different thing there. But it just bugged me because all I kept thinking about was 
that dude's never going to want what we have. He's never going to want the gospel. You made it about you. You made it about your offense. How about we go and we sit in silence and say, God, I'm just praying for this poor young man that's probably gone through a lot of struggles and is hurting and he needs you and he's in the darkness right now. And I'm just praying for the Holy Spirit to come upon him. And, you know, Father God, if it's your will to change his heart and mind and have a deep, fervent prayer for that young guy Mm -hmm. who said, ah, Jesus Christ, you know, as opposed to, to what she did, because I pray for him is one day he goes, Jesus Christ, I need you. You know, that's my prayer. Right. And if right. I have him written up or yelled at, what freaking good did I do there as a follower of Christ? You know, I mean, come on now, bro. That's real talk so, there. So you, have, but you, you literally just gave the example of why I'm asking this question. Because right. what she did was she standing for truth. Uh, yes, she was. That What he did in in as as we understand biblical truth was wrong right? right it doesn't mean that he was right she was right in that she was standing for truth she was wrong in that she was not giving grace right first and right. and so now again she was offended she wanted to feel more comfortable she was living again for the sake of truth and for her own desires not for this other person and instead of just giving him grace upon grace and saying, you know what, I he's obviously having a bad day. I'm going to pour love on him, and hopefully I have an opportunity to share the gospel. And when he comes to Christ, what is he probably not going to say around me anymore? <laughs> you know, right, those, exactly. Those things that offend me. Yeah. It's, so it's, grow I, some I, thick skin, Christians. Right, right, right. It's, <laughs> But, but, but fall back on scripture, you know, even if I can't cite the exact verse what it is because I'm reading the Bible every day, forgive them for they not know what they have they, done. You exactly. know, forgive him. He did not know what he was doing. So now we're slapping him upside the face or something he didn't do. And, and, you know, even the quote secular side could say, well, from a human resources standpoint, we shall understand that we need to be culturally loving to everyone. And he should have known not to just shout out Jesus Christ any more than he should have shouted out a Hindu's God name or something. You know, and it's like, no, stop. Let's look at it from a follower of Christ's view, a faith-based view. And, and I think to, to go deeper with your question, when people ask me, why do you feel compelled to spread the gospel? Well, number one, it just crushes my soul thinking about hell. I'll be honest with you. That's where it, I just think right. about pure hell and just, it scares me. It really scares me is the, because I found truth in fear. You know, it really woke me up. But I don't tell people, you're going to hell. My conviction comes from watching, as you know, countless people take their final breaths as their eternities mm-hmm. were being locked in. And then going yep. back to the firehouse and, and just sitting with the Lord and even in my own mind wondering, are they in heaven or in their hell? What if I could have been with that person maybe earlier in their life and spread some love to them, you know, and give them mm-hmm. some of the, the healing message that I was given and stuff? Maybe that would of help, you know, and, and I just think when you come from that of a compassion, caring in a, that, that seems more Christ-like to me than, than most things. Absolutely. Um, so to, to keep this conversation going, as, as we kind of get down to the end here, let me share one more passage of scripture, Jason, that I think yeah. is, as for Christians, it ties into this. And then I, I, it's my belief that we should take this much more seriously than we do. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 23, 
Paul is writing, of course, to the church in Corinth, and he says, for though I am free from all, now think about that. In America, what are we most worried about? Our freedom. No, he's going to tell me what to do, right? I answer to nobody. I'm free. I'm an American, okay? And so Paul says, I'm, he's free from all. He doesn't answer to have to answer to anybody. He says, I have made myself a servant, which if you dig into the Greek, not to get boring here, but if you dig into the Greek, the word is doulos, better translated slave. Now think about that. We, we that, That's a word that does not sit well with Americans. Mm-hmm. So Paul says, I am free, but I have made myself a what? A slave. To who? To everybody. That I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. So remember, Paul grew up under that that lifestyle of living by the law, and he now understood he didn't have to live by every intricacy of the old law anymore. But he said, I'm going to do that when I'm with Jews. I'm going to put aside my freedoms, and I'm going to bind myself to that so that I can have an opportunity. It's not causing him to sin. So he's doing that with the Jews. He says to, so he says to those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law, to those outside the law, as one outside the law. Of course, again, he's not saying I'm sinning. I'm not. But but the the law that that God gave in the Old Testament, he said, when I'm with Gentiles and they're not living by that law, then I'm not going to live by that law. Why? Because I want to win some for Christ. And then he says to the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. Paul is literally saying, I'm going to sacrifice my own life. I don't care what I want. I don't care what political views I have. I don't care what what makes me more comfortable in this world. There are people who need the Lord, and I need to give them grace, and I need to, as long as it doesn't cause me to sin, I need to become them. Right Now, we're not saying that we're going to go you know, get drunk with drunks, that kind of thing. That's never what Paul said. But he said, as as much as I am allowed to within God's grace and, and what he has given me, I'm going to become them. Why? Right. So that I can reach them. If, if I do all this and only reach a few people, it's worth it, he said. And right. that's what that's really just, just hit me because I so easily want to stand for only the truth because that's what makes me feel more comfortable. I want to tell that guy, look, you can't talk that way around me. I'm going to go have you get written up because this does not make me feel comfortable. Paul says, no, I'm going to put aside my own self and I'm going to deal with that right. on my own because I might have an opportunity to win him to Christ. Right. And, and so that's what, to me, sharing the gospel is. It's truly serving. It is service at, right. at, its, at the most basic but important levels is service. And when you talk about that, it just makes sense, you know, going like, say like we were going to a uh, firefighter's retirement dinner. I know for a fact it's going to be loud. There's going to be a ton of drinking in there. There's going to be partying. There's going to be, so not where it's over the top and people are, are doing illegal stuff, you know, and these are off-duty firefighters. But it's just not my gig, you know, it's not something I want to do. Right. But I know by being there with them, and just, mm-hmm. hey, Jason's here. It's, hey, Mr. Christian, how is things going in your life? And, and I can <laughs> just joke and laugh with them. And, you know, maybe when I walk away, they go, wow, he seems pretty happy. He seems right. pretty, things are going good in his life now and stuff. 
I want more of what he has. And I know for a fact that works because that's when I get messages and calls. I'm not making about me, me, me. I'm just giving an example here right. of, hey, bro, I want to talk more with you about this. And and it's just, okay. So I love that you preached on that right now to us. And, <laughs> and it gave us some examples because it's what we need to do because I just feel service, service, service. And mm-hmm. I also feel that when we approach people with sometimes a painful heart for them, like, gosh, I just don't want this for you. But if I hit them and say, I don't want this for you, and they go, what are you talking about? But I then use that to say, hey, man, you want to go grab a cup of coffee? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, stuff. And, right. and because I don't want something for them by pouring some love into them from a different direction without being fake, man, they get a, a piece of the gospel. And standing firm in our faith, they know I'm a Christian. If, if yep. you don't know I'm a Christian, you know, I probably did something wrong, but I'm also not wearing it as a badge walking around. Right. I'm, I'm talking about when I meet with people, you know, and stuff that yep. I want them to know where my, my faith lies and stuff. So that's good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Well, I think you hit it with service, you, you know, go kind of go back to our old our old podcast days, right? As you, you brought to my mind, you, you and I have both been there. Any firefighter that listens to this has been there. How hard is it when we have to show up on an accident scene and there's a car sitting over here with somebody who didn't make it and then there's another car sitting over here with a drunk person that you and I have to go cut them out of the car and show them a level of care and concern. We are expected to give them every opportunity that we would have given that other person. It doesn't matter what they did. We we have to give them grace. And it's the same thing for every Christian. We have to give them grace. We have to. Because if we don't, what's their, what's their, where could they end up? And, right. and you know, we can d- dive into some deep theology. We don't have time for that. But there is a level of responsibility that's put on you and I to, mm-hmm. to be the light of the world so they see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And that, exactly. And, and not to put stress on people, this is why you hear me say it over and over again. I need to have you show up highly trained, well-equipped, and ready to go. But where I take the stress out of that is at your level, okay? Don't expect that if you're going to walk up and proclaim the gospel to a group of people that don't want to hear it, I'm asking you to show up as a 30-year veteran pastor, just like we go to a warehouse fire. I'm not asking you to go at it alone, but I'm asking you to show up well-equipped, highly trained, and work within your abilities while falling back on to the the experience of your brothers and sisters around you, which is very important, which we can talk about that on a whole other show too. But anyways, <laughs> I'm telling you, Pastor Joshua, brother, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I'm stoked that you and I get to have more of these conversations with the audience gets to listen to. And I'm really excited to come back on the Faith Forged in Fire podcast. And I'll let everyone know in the future when that's getting ready to drop so they can go over there and check it out. But anyways, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate having you on today. I hope you found this episode as encouraging as I did. Be sure to click the like, subscribe, or whatever button you see that will notify you of future shows because we have some awesome guests lined up that you're not going to want to miss. Until next week, remember this, my friends. Jesus is all we need. I love you guys.
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. So head on over to lifeaudio.com and check them out. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.